0: Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio podcasts, information for and about veterans. For this podcast, host Bill Hodges talks with Mitra Gobin, Chief of the Center for Development and Civic Engagement at the James A. Haley Veterans Hospital in Tampa, Florida. While the Volunteer Services Department in the VA has a brand new name, it still provides the same great service to our veterans and other stakeholders. VA hospitals, like other medical facilities, have a great need for volunteers to do a variety of jobs. The Center for Development and Civic Engagement is responsible for finding and training prospective volunteers, as well as working with civic organizations and others who wish to donate to the VA. Continue listening to hear how you might just be the person they are looking for to help with the care of our veterans. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges.
1: Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And I have with me today Mitra Gobin. Now, Mitra, you just had a name change on your organization. You're the chief For James A. Haley for the Center for Development and Civic Engagement. And that used to be what?
2: That used to be the VA Voluntary Service Office. But you're absolutely right. We we have had a name change. Um, And part of that has come down uh, from our national level. So VA Voluntary Service, or VAVS, as many people would refer to it, was originally part of the VA Office of Communications at the national level. And after some long discussions and examination, it was realigned from the Office of Communications to now we fall under the Office of the Assistant Undersecretary for Health and Operations. Boy, Bill, they have long <laughs> titles up there. Um, so it was done to sure
1: shorten yours.
2: That's right. So this was done to more accurately reflect the scope and practices of the services that we provide. So that's why we were realigned and then also had the name change from voluntary service to the Center for Development and Civic Engagement. But that doesn't change anything when we're having the boots on the ground. That doesn't change our mission and it doesn't change our purpose. So we're still trying to strategically integrate volunteers. We're still working with donations and community partners. So those are all things that we were doing before. But uh, as you know, language matters and words matter. And when you talk to people, you know, outside the government, they don't always understand that donations or community partnerships could fall under voluntary service. Many people, I'm sure, that are listening to your program have been in the military or worked in the government. And as you know, we have our own language. How many acronyms do people learn when they join the service? How many acronyms that don't translate into, you know, the quote-unquote real world, to the civilian world? We have our own language in government. So because of that, our new name, allows us to be better identifiable and understandable to our civilian counterparts.
1: One of the most important things that I see with the VA is the way the veteran and the people who volunteer are treated. I noticed immediately upon the COVID crisis starting, the first concern of the VA was protecting their volunteers.
2: That is correct. Our volunteers are considered without compensation employees. So just like we try to keep our paid staff safe, we also want to ensure that our volunteer workforce is safe as well. Because they come in and they do things, they go above and beyond in many ways. They're the icing on the cake. They're the cherry on top when it comes to enhancing the veteran experience. And we don't want to jeopardize that at all.
1: What are some of the things that volunteers do at the VA?
2: So Bill, it's changed a lot over the past year. We used to have a lot more robust assignments for volunteers uh, and it is different at every VA facility. Uh, You can't throw a stone without finding somebody who's doing something a little bit different. And it's not that anyone is right or wrong, but we're all working and living in different communities and different environments with COVID impacting people in very unique ways. So here at the Tampa VA, we were able to start strategically reintegrating volunteers back in September in very uh, specific assignments. Some of those first assignments to come back were our volunteer tram drivers. So the folks that are getting people from the parking garage or parking lots to the main hospital even though we're in florida it does get chilly outside so being able to expedite that small transit from the parking lot to the uh, main building or for individuals that have mobility challenges Uh, so we were able to bring them on to help beef up that service we also have been doing lots of changes around our hospital with clinics moving maybe to different hallways or different offices especially earlier during the pandemic when we were really focusing on that physical distancing even more. So we wanted to space people out and ensure that we weren't having people congregate in waiting rooms. Because of that, folks that were coming to our hospital for five, 10, 15 years, all of a sudden it was almost a new experience because things had moved. So we had volunteers that were coming in, you know, serving as greeters and ambassadors and escorts to help people get around the facility and just to create some sense of familiarity. We have these fantastic red coat ambassadors and the red coat ambassadors are at uh, most of VA facilities and they stand out because they have that bright red vest or bright red coat on. And those are the folks that, you know, when you see that bright red color, these are folks that can help you get around. So we were able to bring them back early on as well.
1: Out at Sohai, one of your volunteers, I'll just use his first name, Warren, is really a staple out there. The guy is great. And it was so good when I went out for an appointment out there to see him back.
2: Definitely, definitely. Our volunteers are part of the family and part of the fabric that brings a unique culture to every VA facility. So they're recognizable for veterans and caregivers that are coming in frequently. They get to know the volunteers just as much as they're getting to know their primary care staff or their specialty care staff. Right now, we're also very fortunate as we're standing up our vaccine clinics, both here at the main hospital, as well as our new off-site clinic at the USF Yingling Center. We've been able to incorporate volunteers throughout this experience to help provide some relief to some of the paid staff, putting up a drive-through clinic. we, We see this on the news almost nightly when people are doing this around the country It takes a village to make this happen, and volunteers are a part of that village. So at our Freedom Lot at the main clinic in Tampa, we have volunteers alongside some of the staff helping navigate traffic, helping people navigate the check-in process, uh, helping direct them to the observation areas, and when we move over to our USF Yingling Center partners Uh, we'll be doing the same thing just on a bigger scale. So it's gonna be exciting to incorporate volunteers throughout this experience.
1: You actually have some very young people working in the hospital as volunteers.
2: We do. So we have not been able to start back our youth program. And I know that's been an unfortunate thing this year since we had to cancel our youth program both last year and for this year. But we do have lots of college students because uh, the Tampa VA is right across the street from the University of South Florida. We have a lot of college students who have stepped up and wanting to support the uh, vaccine clinic.
1: I think you also have, if I'm not wrong, some or had, maybe not at this exact moment, you had some high school students, because I talked to two of them, who said that this was a great thing for their resume when they went ahead and applied for colleges.
2: Definitely. So those high school students were a part of our previous youth program that we haven't been able to start back up just due to continued health and safety concerns, where we're still being mindful of how many people we're bringing back on site right now in our volunteer program. But we did have some some amazing youth that have been coming through our halls and they use that as a fantastic stepping stone to help learn about what happens at the VA. You know, the VA is very unique. We are a, a unique ecosystem because it is certainly more than just doctors and nurses that are here. The youth, when they are able to come through the program, are able to see you can go into engineering and work at the VA. You can go into data analytics and work at the VA. You can go into a math specialty and work at the VA. You can go into just about any field in college and find an appropriate job at a VA facility because we have it all. My personal background I am a board certified music therapist and I really? work at a VA hospital, um, you know, working in a spinal cord unit. We're very fortunate here at our VA to have music therapy and art therapy and dance and movement therapy. So it allows students that are coming in to see kind of a new world of opportunity of civil service life in supporting their country in, in a different way that they don't want to go into the military themselves.
1: You know, earlier you made the comment about the title may not be the same at every VA. And I think it's really important that people understand there are 170 major VA hospitals. There are approximately 1,100 clinics. That makes 1,300 facilities. You know, not every one of them is gonna operate in exactly the same manner. They're not all gonna give the same service. It may be different. You may get different kinds of treatments, equipment, things of that nature. But the quality, from my standpoint, and I've been coming to the VA for a long time, is really high. And your volunteers are a big part of that.
2: You're you're absolutely right. And and you're you're partially right there with not every VA is going to provide the same perhaps medical services, but from a voluntary service or CDCE Center for Development and Civic Engagement perspective, we're going to provide those same services no matter what we're called, because we're still going to be providing that voluntary service component. So the managing of volunteers and bringing in volunteer support, partnering with the Veterans Health Administration, the Veterans Benefits Administration, National Cemetery, and state veterans homes and veteran centers. We're still doing that no matter what we're called.
1: You've convinced me, Mitra. It's a <laughs> great fun. thing to do. How does one decide to be a volunteer? What does one have to do? They call your office and if they do, Uh, They can call the James A. Haley Hospital, ask for your office. Uh, If you're at a different hospital, do the same thing. But is there a standard training that goes into being a volunteer?
2: Sure, so I know that, that your program goes out to everyone around the world, Bill. So the easiest thing, no matter where people are, if they're interested in volunteering or donating at a facility, they can go to the main VA website and that is the www.volunteer.va.gov. Oh, wow. and, and when you go there, you have the option of selecting your state and then your closest facility. And it's also important to keep in mind that facilities cover a lot of areas. Even the Tampa VA, we refer to it as a Tampa VA, but we cover Hillsborough County, Polk County, Pasco County, Hernando County, Citrus County. So even though it's called Tampa VA, colloquially, we cover five different counties. So when you're looking up on that main volunteer.va.gov website, keep that in mind because we have clinics everywhere, even if it's not in that major city. And from there, again, you could find information about volunteering or donating at a facility.
1: What's the criteria? Let's say that I want to volunteer some time at one of the clinics and be one of the red coat guys that helps people around the facility. What do I have to go through to be able to do that?
2: Excellent question. So all of our adult volunteers go through a background check and go through trainings because providing excellent health care is of course, extremely important. But part of what is extremely important is ensuring that we're protecting veterans' privacy and security while they're in our care. So that's why every volunteer goes through a background check. Every volunteer also goes through privacy and information security training, in addition to a general hospital orientation. And we do this to make sure that people know what they're getting involved in. Many times, especially maybe around Veterans Day or Thanksgiving, people contact us because they're in a charitable mood and they want to, they decide they want to volunteer. But we want to make sure that people know what they're getting into and know what it takes to be a good volunteer. Our volunteers, we ask for them to have a six-month or 100-hour commitment. Because we are going through a lengthy onboarding process, we're taking an investment in you To get you placed as a volunteer so in return we're asking for that commitment but that does not mean that we expect you to be here five days a week 40 hours a week you know because then you'll go out and get a job if that's what you want to do but to be a regular volunteer maybe that means you're coming once a week or once every other week or maybe once a month, but you're doing that as an ongoing basis in a particular assignment. And every assignment is different. Some assignments are more flexible with their schedules than others. At the base, we want to understand that volunteers are placed to fill gaps and extend services of the hospital. So we also only are able to place volunteers where there is a strategic need. If somebody, for instance, wants to come and volunteer in the pharmacy clinic, but the pharmacy does not express that they need a volunteer, then we don't put a volunteer there. We only put volunteers where there is a need and where they can make a difference to support the mission of a hospital.
1: Mitra, I promise you I'd give you time at the end of the show to say something about anything I didn't ask, but we've run out of time.
2: We're that good, Bill. We can just talk and talk, can't we?
1: Yeah, well, you've done a wonderful job. My guest today has been Mitra Gobin. Mitra is for the James A. Haley, Chief of the Center for Development and Civic Engagement, which used to be Voluntary Services. Mitra, you've done a wonderful job. I'll have you back. Anytime you'd like to come on the air with me, let me know. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Veterans Corner Radio. I'm Bill Hodges. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And Mitra, thanks so much for your time.
0: Thank you, sir. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and our opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.